Welcome to Keepers of the Word, the Mystic Lantern Book Series, part two of Occult America by Mitch Horowitz. You want to start us off with, uh, we're at, where are we at? We're at chapter seven. Chapter seven, the return of the secret teachings. And this is probably my favorite chapter out of this whole book because it goes into Manly P. Hall. Manly P. Hall, you Theosophy, say? Theosophy, New th- was Theosophy New Thought, fresh addition, fresh attention to occult philosophy. Um, he gave birth to this huge tome that you all know as Secret Teachings of All Ages. The Encyclopedia of... <laughs> it's actually called Encyclop- Encyclopedic Outline of Masonic, Hermetic, Kabbalistic, and Rosicrucian Symbolical Philosophy. Yeah. That is a mouthful. That's so a lot. I'm glad they changed it to Secret, secret Teachings. Secret Teachings, right? And he published that at the young age of 27. Wow. It was very With, young. What was it, an eighth grade education? Mm-hmm. Well, he was like self-taught. He, no, 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 I get that. But, I mean, an, his official training as far as an education was right. concerned was eighth grade schoolhouse or something like that. So, I mean, he was getting info from somewhere somehow. From somewhere. Um, so going into his life and seeing how how he came, he wanted to go out and find what all of this really was and take the long route to everything, which I found interesting because all the people at that time weren't doing that. No one was. Nobody was going out to India or taking off to. Well, there were people who were doing that. They just weren't bringing anything back to have it so open like how they had it. Well, the other thing was, was that so much of the material that these people were dealing with, whether it was material that they were creating or material that they were using was being regurgitated. It would be, you know, I'm like the three initiates was given as that it wasn't an ancient book, but it was just something that was written during, you know, a a certain time and, and it was being regurgitated. And that was, I think what struck me the strongest from, from Mitch's perspective on Manly P. Hall was this was the first tome of legitimate, actual, studied, like every chapter in there that has something about whether it's Rosicrucians or whether it's Theosophy or whatever. Masonry. Masonry was well well written out and well thought out and well studied. And it was a not a regurgitation of other stuff that had been out. So this was like a new, it is an encyclopedia. It's an encyclopedia of all of this new thoughts and, and the, the occult in America. So he erected PRS in 34. Yes. But became a Mason in 54. So he waited a while. Yeah. He hung out with a lot of Rosicrucians, <clears throat> Freemasons uh, throughout the whole time. And on, towards the end where you see that, I, I didn't write down his name, but there was a, a guy who befriended him. Yeah. Him and his son? Yeah. Those are the names that I don't like to even speak about. And just took him for a ride, which is messed up, but <clears throat> yeah, it's it's something else. It's unfortunate. I mean, he had such a fortitude of thought his whole life than to get to the end and be, you know. Taking advantage it clearly, of it. Clearly had to been going through some form of, of mental degradation, you know, just. There's a lot of theories behind what those two were doing and why and he, th- he needed to see yeah. them so often yeah. throughout the week. Uh, 
next we're going into the next chapter, New Deal of the Ages, which focuses on Henry A. Wallace, Secretary of Agriculture in 1940. And I believe he was a, he, he did something else with the government. I know he was a VP. Uh, he was going to be chosen as Roosevelt's VP. Yeah. And wasn't... Uh, <laughs> there was a, yeah there was some there was some uh, some rumors he was he was a he was an interesting cat that believed in a lot of fringe stuff at the time he was very into the occult and well, had he was some called weird for that right? he, he was, was a weird theosophist he james he theosophy theosophy we're talking yes. about hp blavatsky yes madame blavatsky so she uh theosophy she came from Traveling around the world, then she heard about all the fun stuff happening in the burned over district. Came straight to America, hung out over there with a bunch of progressive religious people and their open views. I mean, she was able to literally walk in and have already know these different viewpoints of these different gr- groups and sects, and be able to get in and and talk with them and give lectures and stuff like that and build in America. The theosophical movement. Well, not only in America. I mean, apparently she had a major influence in India. If I remember, it was they said that it was one of the top three religions that she influenced. Yes, in in India yes. behind Buddhism and with Alcott. Yeah, exactly. it was Alcott, Leadbeater. You get all these other individuals that came after her, during her, helped with helped her with that. But isn't the isn't the theosophical society still around today? Don't they don't don't they have lectures and do like a weekly? They they do in certain spots. You have, um, I believe there's it's there's in Pasadena. Yeah, there's a church in Pasadena. Or a, it's 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 a uh, what's left. Okay, so it's their library. That's why I went for my birthday. I treated myself and <laughs> went. Down. I'm a big H.P. Blavatsky um, fan. She was wrong about a lot of things, but. So progressive <laughs> in a lot of the stuff. Yeah. She was wrong about this scientific um, information that was out during her age. It was correct at the time, which we now know is wrong for certain right. things. But what she was uh, pushing was was very progressive. Um, a lot of people say a lot of stuff that she was talking about is now coming true now. But I went down there for my birthday to go check nice. out their stuff. Their library is amazing. Uh, well, going back to Wallace, he also spent time... Um, with a Native American tribe, the Onondaga, in the boat in in the burnt over district, so he studied with them, and I guess learned their ways. Uh, he was he was really into you know spiritualism and philosophy, mm-hmm. right? So next is an introduction of Nicholas Roach, which this part stood out, and I don't know if this treaty or or pact, which is called the Roach Pact of thirty five the worldwide treaty protecting cultural artifacts and sites to be protected during war by hanging a three, three ring flag above to let bombers know that, Hey, this is a historical site. It's a world heritage Don't site, tear it basically. Up. Yeah. So that pact alone caught my attention because we know it wasn't, it didn't happen. No. Right? And, and, you know, world war two came and, it was just bombs away. Yeah. Well, you know, to speak on that specifically, you had individuals, the Nazis, uh, knew this. So they would specifically use churches and stuff like that for um, anti-air guns and 
batteries and stuff like that. Or they, they would take the high ground. A lot of the high ground uh, were churches. So they were built like fortifications. So they would take that high ground and bomb the Americans and uh, rain down artillery shells from there. He was described as this pale Russian who dressed like a mystic and sported a Fu Manchu-like beard and stash. His stash was pretty pretty <laughs> out there. Yeah, so Ra- Wallace was known for writing letters that sounded like D&D scenarios, and that's what got out. That's uh, what called got Dear out. Guru. And, um, yeah, people were just not happy with that. You know, the the takeaway I got from it, though, was that being made the 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 position that he was put into in agriculture, the administrator administer of the agriculture or whatever I forget what the term was that he was made, but um, he affected a lot of policies and good things as far as farming's concerned for the country in general. Why he was in in his position in 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 the office, so. Um, that was the takeaway I got that even regardless of how Roosevelt viewed him and, and whether he was going to be vice president or not, right. I mean, he's still with his, with his mentality of the esoterics that he believed in, he used it, you know, for planting and, and essentially kind of the, the almanac type of situation. Right. Use that to its benefit, and it and it affected a lot of policy as well for future of farming and. We also can can refer to the eye of the Great Seal, the eye in the pyramid, mm. the Great Seal of the United States. Yep, and also Novus Ordo Seclorum, New Order of the Ages, which trans, it's translatable to New Deal of the Ages. So your dollar bill, this is where it came from, and it wasn't always on there. No, it was it not. No, no. Um, it was only only documents that were White House documents, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, any pact or deal that seal had to be had to go on. It had yeah. to be on there. Yeah. I think yeah. it's still there to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is the seal of America. It's the Great Seal. Yeah. Um, so Roosevelt at the time was a Freemason and not uncomfortable with these types of symbols. Um, Treasurer Henry Morton Tau was very displeased. Didn't like it at all. Thought it was just poppycock. <laughs> Too much hocus pocus. Too much hocus mm, pocus. We've known people like that yeah. before, haven't we? Have we? Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't want to talk. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so now going into Masters Among Us, this is another topic that really caught my eye. Just, the, just that alone, the title, Masters Among Us. Unity Metaphysical Center of Helena, Montana, Baird T. Spaulding, Life and Teachings of the Far East. He got everybody over there wanting to learn more about what was going on in the Himalayas. I believe there's this teacher named Ruth E. Chu, doyen of the Metaphysical, and uh, had, had received Spaulding's personal blessing to cover it in a lecture. Preaching a gospel of love, self-realization, immortal dwellings, Immortals dwelling in the Himalayas. Seed of Christ consciousness dwelling within us. Um, so this is where we're going into the hidden adepts in the Far East, Tibet, you know, Himalayan area, where Christ where Christ spent his lost years learning. That was 
That was interesting to me because I've heard that before. I've heard people talk about the the concept that Christ during his years spent traveled. time away and mm-hmm. traveled and was may have been studying under some guru or something like that. I did not know that it came from someone that wrote <laughs> that during this time in well, America, you I, know. He I think he pointed it out. He pointed that out and then so there's there's some scripture exactly. at a, at a at a monastery of a gentleman that they found on one of their roads uh, that they took him. I believe his name was Isa. I think that that's what they called him. I, I believe so. I could be wrong. Um, but they took him in, and he lived there for quite some time and wanted to go back home. So when he came back home, that's why the doctrine was so different with his teachings. So some interesting little things there. It's not really been proven. but Obviously. Yeah. But it's an interesting topic because if you're thinking about it, you know, in Christianity, Jesus is missing from for a certain spe- specific amount of time, right? And you you think about the encounters of Melchizedek. Um, he was of the order of Melchizedek, which were Essenes, mm-hmm. right? Um, then you think about John the Baptist, who was also of that order, and when he sees him, he recognizes him right away. Hey, this is the player from the Himalayas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sure it was very going on. They gave the secret handshake. <laughs> so it's just, you know, and then Jesus, you know, preaching, doing his thing. It's very different than a lot of the doctrines that were going out at that time. That's why, if you look, if you really go into the gospel, you know, any of those books, it's, it sounds very Buddhist. It does because you know, about you think love, about, yeah, and, and it's, caring for everybody. It's a completely different outlook than the Old Testament, where it's just it's thugs stone them in the head. Yep. Okay, fine. Yep. It, it, it changes the, the perspective, right? So you know, in my in my opinion, that kind of where he comes back and he teaches you know, how to really live and how to really love, and I think in this day and age, we need to get back to that because right. oh, no matter what you believe, I'm just saying. You know, focus on that Christ consciousness, man, because it's definitely needed. Um, well, the overtones of that are in so much of the metaphysical <clears throat> studies and so much of all of the chapters that we've gone over so far. I yeah. mean, every, every single it's it's this these groups of people that have a some type of religious background, but have this just preaching love and, 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 you know, truly caring for your fellow human and wanting to do good things. And, and that's why I think that it spills over, especially in this chapter being talking so much about politics. I mean, that's why it spills over into politics because these are progressive thinkers that want the whole of the group to be able to benefit from things in general and just you know, care for each other. We should we should do things like this because it's right, because it helps our fellow man. Exactly. It, it's 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 kind. Correct. I mean, that there was nothing wrong with learning that. You know, it's it's I don't know. It's 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 weird. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 whole thing of hidden adepts in the Himalayas. These immortal teachers, these Mahatmas, 
This is where you get the cliche version right. where the guy's climbing the mountain and reaches finally seeing somebody yeah. just sitting up there. There's a guy there floating, you know. Yeah. Oh, I got to ask you the lotus lotus question position. of life. What's the answer of What's life? And did, did you bring a parachute? Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, man, that, that tripped me out. So all this was said, you know, all, he preached all these things, but Spalding had not traveled farther than upstate New York. That's as far as he went. He never. He didn't like getting out. He never went out there yeah. and, you know, he said he for didn't himself. need to. He's, you know, he didn't care for that. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly seems like maybe he's making a lot more shit up. Right. He's actually getting good, like, source for his teachings, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, maybe he borrowed it from somewhere. Could, could I'm just saying it's could possible. have been. I mean, if we go into the references in the yeah. back of the book, I'm pretty sure that we're going to find where there's a ton know. of references. Oh man, he did his homework. So like the references alone, it's just it's going a chapter over itself, it. man. It's like it's not even a chapter. Like you can spend years reading these books that he's he's pulling from uh, the Native American stuff alone. Like I love love that stuff. There, there's so much of Native American stuff in these religions and concepts that we, we don't really see or talk about that much. Correct. Good stuff. I think that's one one that people don't really get dive into, the Native American. Um, Even Freemasonry, there's similarities between. Hmm. Can you, can you yeah, get Ma- into that? Yeah, P. Hall talks about it in Secret Teachings of All Ages, uh, the Longhouse, stuff like that, the Lodge, the Lodge Room, hmm. the setup, how it goes. Um, that was a specific tribe. I see the I see the teachings of masonry in so many of these movements that we're reading about in this book. It's it's just another. Yeah. The only difference is that <clears throat> we say that we leave the religion out of it, so it's just more of the metaphysicals behind it. My perspective. Whatever it's worth, two it's, cents. It, you know, it's a big ocean. You have a ripple, and that ripple goes through many different things and, and takes what they like and then leaves out what they don't like. So that's why we see this reverberation of, of different things throughout many different religions or progressive, you know, ideologies. Thought movements, yeah. Going into the Black Magicians, Guy and Edna Ballard, 1930s movement, the, the Mighty I Am. Um, what stood out to me was this. Uh, he, I think Guy Ballard was hiking in Mount Shasta and mm. came across Count St. Germain. Um, that in itself, he was just walking around Shasta. Hey, I mean, Shasta. Hey, yeah. I know you. I hear Shasta's an interesting place. Um, yeah, Shasta's uh, pretty. Did, I, wasn't uh, Beyond Lemuria? Beyond didn't Lemuria, they go up yeah. there? Beyond uh, Lemuria. Polk, Polk and, uh, and Merrick and Lon all went up there and filmed That is an, That is an interesting movie. and I, I loved it. <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's a very long movie. Yeah. Um, it's very long, but it's really cool to see what they are putting in there. Um is very eye-opening for a person like myself that has maybe a background in that. I was very shocked to see how much that they showed in there. 
So the average viewer is like, well, man, you know, whatever, that's crazy. But yeah. for somebody who's trained in that. Oh, man, there's so much there's in there. On, there's right? a lot going in there. So let, let's talk about that real quick, just so that way people can understand. Uh, Count St. Germain, Europe, Count Ricosi. Yeah, this guy that's, that's been around for a while. who he was, but even earlier than that, um, counts where he, he recites things that happened around Jesus' time. Like he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's appeared to numerous lodges, you know, years apart, but looks the same. Never eats anything in front of anybody. Mm-hmm. So it sounds kind of like a vampire, doesn't sounds it? Like, sounds <laughs> yeah, like a little vampy. There's quite quite a bit of theories surrounding him and Dorian why, Gray, why he's yeah. throughout the ages. You do have when you have a master and an adept. That adept is literally being trained to accept the charge from mouth to ear of the teaching mm-hmm. for that person to literally become him upon his death. So a lot of times you have somebody by the name of, you know, whatever name, John, and then John lives this great lengthy life and goes around teaching he has an adept and that adept lives with him. <clears throat> He's there every day, twenty four seven, picks up mannerisms. Takes over. Takes over literally takes his over job when the guy dies and attempts to look like him. Yeah, so he's there and he knows these memories of you know eating with you last you know four Christmases ago because that edit was there, and those little conversations they actually learn or that. it's been passed down. It's been passed. These down. are the stories. So that's right. So basically, it's a lineage. It's a lineage. It's a yeah, lineage. Um, right. That's one of the theories. Like. <laughs> Granted, I mean, that's an interesting. We thing. weren't there. Right. We don't know that. But. Shasta, well, and if you hidden tunnels, Lemuria, I get. I'm it. not even talking. If you if you tunnels, if man. you think about magic, scary place. Like practicing magic, being a lineage as well. It's, yeah. it's a magical kind of yes. situation. So that is 100 percent a lineage. The scary stuff. What's scary stuff? Scary stuff? Uh, scary stuff? Do you oh, know what, Shasta? Shasta? You said you didn't want to go there. No. You know why? Uh, there, throughout the years, the ages, since we've known Mount Shasta, you know, there are some places, specifically mountains, where you have the indigenous tribes or peoples that live there. You know, you have these names that are given to mountains, like, for example, Death Mountain. <laughs> You know, and they want to describe the mountain and they gave the name, not like, you know, the beautiful flowery mountain. No, it's Death Mountain. That's what Shasta Don't go is. there. The Mount Shasta is one of those when you have the indigenous tribes, you know, they, they have their stories about it. And usually they, they didn't like to really go there that much uh, for nefarious shit. things that would happen there or just the people that never came back. Well, have you seen Beyond Lemuria? You, whoa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's, there's some yeah, weird you, stuff you going on there. Stuff about yeah. Shasta where yeah. uh, you have a lot of people, even to this currently, to this day, the people who vanish. They just find their cars and no trace whatsoever. Some they don't know where they went. Stuff, man. Yeah. They, you have little spots where the hikers go, and there's uh, these boards where they leave their name. Oh, I was here on June 13th, whatever the date is. And then the next one, you know, they're at intervals on the hike, and there's just nothing left. You know, and there's there's a lot of theories you, you could just bears walk up, bears eat mm, you. Right, yeah. Cool, you're you're, go you're good. One. You know, the, a serial killer, but it's been going on for so long, for more than decades, 
that it's not one person. So who knows? I just know there's a. Well, there's, I would never go is, hiking. Isn't by there? Wasn't there vortexes up there too? There's vortexes. Okay. The people talk I, about. I can tell you. UFOs, I was just in Sedona for the first time and had a chance to experience vortexes, and that's a, that's a bizarre feeling. I mean, immediately getting sick to your stomach and starting to feel lightheaded, and like there's like no legitimate explanation for why it's right. happening other than you know there's an energy there it's an there's energy. some a, kind a of magnetic energy. place whatever it's right. ma- whatever it is i mean magnetic or yeah. alien or what oh it's natural i believe it's natural phenomenon <laughs> it, it, natural it is but sciences. you know the interesting thing was was that that while we were exploring those those vortexes and i know i'm going a little off no, topic no, here ahead. but Vortexes. Um, when we were <laughs> vortexes, when we were exploring womp, womp. those vortexes, I knew that from doing the research that there were some masculine and some feminine, and I found that where I got uncomfortable was in the masculine vortex locations. Where I felt really, really comfortable was was feminine. We went the last vortex we went to was right along a river at like Red Rock Canyon or something like that. I think was the spot. It might not be the name. But anyways, it's right along a river. And we're looking. We're trying to get close to the spot. I'm trying to feel the energy. And I'm like, I'm not really feeling anything. But I was like, okay. And I just sat down next to the water. I sat down next to the water to listen to the – because the water was flowing. You could hear the trickle, that peaceful sound of water flowing. It was a little tree, and it was sunny, so I had a little bit of shade. I just felt really comfortable, really, really good. And my wife goes, babe, look pointed to a spot across the river and there was a root that was so a tree that was twisted. so twisted and wrapped up and she goes spiral she goes we are right on the spot and i told her do me a favor and look and see if this is a feminine or masculine spot because i can guarantee you it's feminine and she looks and gets her guide and she goes yeah it's a feminine spot i said i knew it i don't know why but the f- the the divine feminine energy I feel way more comfortable with than than the masculine. These are definitely magical. I don't know. Magical places. It is. For sure. Know? For sure. Yes. My encounters in Joshua Tree with them and medicine wheels and different techniques that are used for those vortexes. Like you said, some, they're, they're different. Yeah. And some are used for different various things. You have the medicine ones. You have uh, the wishing walk ones where you have the prayer ones, the prayer wheels and stuff like that. So, mm. We're literally talking about the evolution of occult America right now. This is so and back, moving on, and we're back. (laughs) Secrets for sale: Occult rebel Paul Foster Case, born in 1884 in the Burnt Over District. Again, at some point, his dad, his his mother passed away, and then his dad was like, "Well, you know, I'm." going to get married and I'm going to move and it's time for you to start pulling your own weight. So take care of yourself, which I thought was kind of messed up, but whatever. Uh, Worked as a pianist and did card tricks. Claude Bragdon, a friend of Manly P. Hall, asked him a pivotal question. Where did he suppose ordinary playing cards came from? This led him to the tarot. One day a messenger came to him and said, you're at a crossroads have to choose between a life devoted to the stage or a path devoted to the occult. And he told them one's going to be easy. One's going to be hard. Which one? The path of the occult he took. And it was 
tough, but he did it. Not an easy path. No. So this this path that he took led him down, um, let made him stay in Chicago, and he was there in Chicago with um, people like Emma Curtis and William Walker Atkinson, who was technically the writer of the Cabalion. Um, Case was implied as being one of the initiates in the Kybalion, but was never really confirmed. So I believe, man, I I think his name is Chaminsky. I don't want to mess up his name. But there was a guy who talked about this at a lecture, and um, he pretty much studied the Kybalion, and he took all of the, all, all of the writings and compared their writing styles and they were all technically the same. So it was pretty much William Walker Atkinson who wrote it all. And yes, Mitch does have a breakdown of the Cabalion coming out soon. That'll so be get cool to ready check for out. That. We would love yeah, to check sure. that yeah, one out. Maybe that do a out. show on that one too. Maybe that'll know. be one of our yeah. other ones coming out. I'm down with that. Um, Um, Did he really have a great grasping concept of the of the tarot, though? I, I mean, don't know, man. It, Tell it, me. It, it's, it, what do you think? It, it seems like he, t- like a lot of the other regurgitators of the time, mm-hmm. it certainly seemed like he wanted to pull it more towards a more ancient thing, like Egypt or something. Egypt. Correct. The 1800s, because of the opening of the you know, the, the pyramid and Tutankhamun and tombs, all the stuff all that the was collected. It was just the theft so of many people were were enamored with Egypt. Egypt is the ancient spot where all of right. the knowledge has come from. So everyone was trying to connect everything with Egypt. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about the tarot to really know, but I'm, I I caught that right. in the discussion that, that of, of that chapter. Well, later on, he's known for, for joining the Golden Dawn. And I believe at the time, Mathers, who was the, lead, the leader at the time, um, passed away. And his wife, Moina, took over, um, but didn't have the same following Mathers did and didn't have the same resolve and, and rhetoric. Um, as Paul Case rose up the ranks, Moina took notice and became very jealous, expelled him in 22. Case then launched his own school because he's considered that a blessing. He's like, I don't think we need to hide all this, all this knowledge and not give it to the public. I think, you know, we need to share this. These are the secrets for sale, right? (laughs) Case then launched a new school of wisdom called Builders of the Aditum, which means inner temple in Greek. Mm -hmm. B-O-T-A. Yeah. What can, what about Mathers? I mean, what can you tell us about that? Gregor Mathers. Yeah. Really cool guy. <laughs> oh. First time I heard about Mathers was on the episode of, uh, of Midnight Gospel. <laughs> Midnight Gospel? Duncan Trestle? Yeah. The episode where he's, where it's a he's great show. talking about high magic. and Yeah. And so you can't really talk about magic or any treaties on magic without bringing up Mathers or, or you know, all the other major guys that were around at that time. You know, he was a pivotal influencer um at the time i mean you you have the ota coming out of him when they had the little civil war between him and, and um mr crowley yeah. so he, this guy knew his stuff he 
he really laid down the rules and regulations and and had a he was a major found a founder for the occult coming out of England. Uh, he was he was huge. Hmm. Well, let's move on. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on, James. <laughs> Greatest mystic who ever lived. Edgar Casey. Man. Sleeping prophet. Right. I like this guy. I've always seen his quotes, pictures, you know, things like that, but I never really dove into who he was until I got this. I was impressed. He's very Im- impressive. Especially getting towards the end of uh, the chapters. That 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 really impressed me a lot. Um and I'll get into that a little bit later. Edward Casey, Edgar Casey, a reputed miracle worker living in Virginia Beach, was able to go into sleep-like trance and diagnose and prescribe cures for the, for the ill, and also advise psychic counsel. So, what is your opinions on Edgar? So, I, I've I've read, I, I liked I liked the guy. I started reading up on him probably in like junior high. Yeah. And then I found that there was a lot of stuff to try to disprove him, which I found pretty cool. So I wanted to read their viewpoints. Um, he just did a lot of things that would be hard for him to attain the information, the time period he was in, the locale he was that, in. That seemed to be that seemed to be the jest that I got from it was that the information that he would have was just. How would he so receive quest- that? Yeah, how could he have? How could he have known that? Was a, seemed to be like the question always. Well, I have a little bit of background on that. When in his younger years, his, he told his father, "Can you buy the house the Bible?" And he started reading it. Right. And memorized I think, it. Yeah. At, after he finished reading it, he sat it and knelt at the end of his bed before he went to sleep, and um, I believe. Uh, he asked God and prayed for the ability to help people. And understanding. A yeah. light filled his room and a feminine apparition came to him and said, Thy prayers are heard. You have your wish. Remain faithful, be true to yourself, and help the sick and afflicted. Now, he made money by doing readings and going into this asleep like trance. On his couch. But he never turned anyone away. He said, you know, just give me what you can mm-hmm. right? because he was some living, people would bring living his his statement that I believe I remember reading in the book was that if this if the the help that I'm providing is real is truly of God, it's priceless. And if it's not, it's worthless. So pay what you can. The guy was pretty he was super cool on. So basically, if somebody would come to him and they were poor and they baked him a pie, he was like, that is a lot for you that you're giving to me. And he would accept a pie, like food. A lot of the time, people would bring food. Um, he would help a lot of the, the poor. And then you had all these people who would come in and had buku money and stuff and try to get stock market stuff. And he didn't want to do that. I heard a few things, too, where people would basically – Ask, oh, I want this to help my daughter. She's so sick. How to heal? And while he would be asleep, they would ask for stock market numbers to try and bamboozle him, you know. <laughs> and f- from this, he would get sick. 
I found that to be really interesting when you read some of his memoirs and stuff like that. Mm. He would get sick from people trying to get other information that wasn't up on really helping anybody, but to get a one up on somebody else or something like that. Well, he found his power for trance readings in 1901 when stricken with laryngitis, he entered a hypnotic state and diagnosed his own illness later took that gift and provided folk remedies and nature remedies and conventional treatment, homeopathic and hundreds of people and took care of them. So, this interesting character comes in, Arthur Lammers, wanted Casey to probe more. Afterlife, is there a soul? Casey said he was able to access the Akashic records, which are sacred Hindu writings, popularized by Blavatsky. Mm-hmm. Akashic records, James. So, this is kind of, if I had to relate it to something People talk about like the world soul type of thing. Like when we die, our souls will kind of go into one and then come back. At least that's what the theory is. This is kind of like a world conscious uh, consciousness to where, you know, we, we, we think all these an- and we come up with answers and they kind of go into a, a universal data bank. And, and the theory goes that some people can pull from this and pull information from this. Fun fact. Um, I forget who did the study. It was some university did a study on this. Can we prove this? How can we prove this? So they did um, what are they called uh, word puzzles, right? Mm-hmm. On the back of like TV guide. Do you guys remember TV guide? Okay. Crossword yeah. puzzles. Crossword puzzles. Okay. So they took crossword puzzles that they made brand new, that there were no answers out there yet. They put them out to all these people, you know, a certain amount of people. They did them all. They came back. They had a harder time doing it, this, this and that. Then they did old uh, old crossword puzzles. People got them like that really easy. And they did this over and over and over. And what they found was the ones that were old that were already out there, although these people weren't getting, there was no phones back then from the Google, that it was easier for them to, to get it. The timing was easier. That They, they said they would just kind of come to them. But they, they felt like they knew it versus the ones that weren't out there. That's that's really deep because I mean there's some there's some schools that of thought that that believe that thought is the first ideas and thought actually has consciousness. I mean right. we we are it's the beginning of creation is the thought. Nothing, you know, this this guy here is sitting in front of us because someone thought about an idea of how to create it and then whatever materials to be able to make it so those thoughts are out there in the ether wherever right. somewhere so if th- someone has the some kind of psychic ability or we all have a psychic ability to be able to do this but someone has theirs more tuned in to right. that frequency it's easier for, them to, for yeah. them to pull that we learned that in uh Lon duquette's uh kabbalah class that we took his lecture oh yeah that was amazing. Yeah, he said that basically anything that you start with has to start inside. You manifest it first mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, how do I get to that? Well, I need this, I need this, I need that. And then how do I want it to look? Well, I want to look like this. It's all imagined in your brain. Yeah. Then you follow the steps that come to fruition of the actual object coming. That's what magic is. You know, you, you start first in your head. The magic is making it appear. You just don't clap your hands three times and something appears out of nothing. Everything comes from something. Yeah. Yes, a chair started with the thought. My legs are tired, right? Exactly. So my legs are tired. I need I need somewhere to fit. That, <laughs> I, I need somewhere to sit. You know, 
provide a need. Right. Yeah. Sell me this. Right. Pain. There's something there that's bothering you or encounter right. you encountered so much. Is there a way to make this better? Yeah. Correctamundo. So in 25, you were located to Virginia Beach, where he opened the Hospital of Enlightenment, where he gave clairvoyant diagnoses and alternative therapy, alternative therapies by osteopaths, doctors, nurses, and chiropractors. The hospital closed a couple years later due to the Great Depression. Then the Association of Research and Enlightenment began. I'm just going to say that, um, you know, I, I know we're probably getting pretty close to needing to start wrapping up, but I want to say that this chapter being the last chapter in the book, I thought was such a crescendo for this whole book. The whole book was such a great, great lesson of the occult in America and our history as a country developing what we currently even have with the new age movement. I mean, there was, there was a lot in the epilogue that talked about all the different Aquarius rising, yes, Aquarius the rising, the food, the food, hollow earth theory, yeah. 1940s, Admiral Byrd. And, and, and where we're at today with metaphysics and the occult and, and things like, you know, having life coaches and, and, and having hypnotists that can, can help us with our, our daily problems. This is all, this is all from the birth, from the beginning, gone through with a phenomenal amount of research that Mitch did to put into this book. And, and and this crescendo of Edgar Cayce at the end was just to me, like it was the cherry on top. it It was bitching. It was, um, especially him going into Carlos Castaneda and, and Oh, I love Castaneda. There's so much good stuff in here. You know, we could not cover it all. I, that's why I highly recommend you, you check have out to Occult America. This, this yeah. is a must-have. If you haven't been read. following along with our two episodes with what we've talked about, or even if you have, read it again. If you haven't, pick it up and check it he out. He is this, the Manly P. Hall of, the, of our time, dude. He is literally sitting in Manly P. Hall's while well, he likes to stand for his lectures and walk around. But, you know, the, the chair, the throne, as we call it, yeah, is at the it, PRS he's, Manly P. Hall. He's done the Hall. work, man, and it's interesting to – See, just all of this, and, and now I have more rabbit holes to go down. Yeah, oh, there are so many. I can absolutely. tell you guys, I've been doing this for so long. I don't want to give how old I am, but I, there's so much stuff in here that I did not know cross sex, like, yeah, like cross each now other. Now you got to go back to your uh, now. I want to go back. And oh, my, <laughs> yes, my so my library. This is the part where we wrap it up, and I want to mention uh, what we're doing here at the Long Beach Cultural Center. We're having a Masonic double feature. Really? Um, yes, with Johnny Royal. Double feature? Uh, I believe 33 and Beyond. 33 and Beyond and the Illuminated, Illuminated movie. The true story of the Illuminati. This so, is going to sell out, people. Get your tickets. Get your ASAP. tickets now. Where can we get our tickets, Mike? You go to Eventbrite and type in Masonic double feature. This or is a drive-in, by oh, the way. Long yeah. LBCulturalCenter.com. There's going to be limited, what is it, like 40, 60, 60, 60, 60 spots spaces. limited to this um, based on what's available yeah. for space. Um, as many as you can fit in your car. That's you could, what you can bring. Uh, social social distancing will social distancing. absolutely be. Masks need to be worn yep. outside of the, of the, the car. Yep. Um, we're, we're, we want to keep it safe for everybody. Food trucks, music. The music's going to start early. 
City's approved it. We're good to awesome. go. Awesome. It's a it is a go. COVID and, compliant. And uh, Johnny will be here, correct? Of course, John. Q and A. Q and A with Johnny Royal. So awesome. uh, it's it's going to be a awesome event for that sure. Awesome. So. Any shout-outs to anybody that you want to give? I got shout-outs. Yeah, go for it, buddy. I want to give shout-outs to Mallon P. Hall. Yeah. H. P. Blavatsky. Uh, <laughs> all the people that were in this book. Admiral Bird for going down to go see this big hole in the earth. Um, big shout-out to Mitch Definitely. for writing this book. That's yeah, for sure. For sure, Mitch. Thank you. Uh, we want to also thank... Sweetwater, Road, and... Samson Technologies. They provide all they provide this all awesome this equipment that we have here. Things that I do this with. <laughs> we can yeah. hear each other. The studio wouldn't be the so same. We are so honored guys. to have these these sponsors, and this studio is rad. We've already gotten comments from some of our crew that that just the, this new studio filming is is really really good. So we hope you we hope you all enjoy it as well. We can't wait to bring you guys. More content and uh, hopefully, actually not hopefully for sure. Pretty soon we're going to get back to our regular format as well with doing podcasts and having guests having and everything. Guests Season two, Season two is what we're going to refer coming. to this as. It's the new studio. It's the new. Live. It's the new way of doing stuff. So, yes, sir, we're on it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank like, you, guys. Follow, share. Peace. Thank you.